Six Pack Lab of That. We got ourselves another episode. It's going to be Sam Calhoun, fresh off of her 63 kilo uh, U.S. Raw Nationals win. And I got my man Matt Gary once again. Matt, uh, ultimate game day strategist, handled Sam Calhoun for the U.S. Raw Nationals. So um, we're ready. Everybody knows I picked against Sam to win the U.S. Raw Nationals. She called me out. I'm ready to eat my crow because I picked it wrong. So uh, we'll see what she's saying. Give him a call to Matt first. Long time no see, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so let's find Sam. Bam. I have a similar step to put together with Sam, so I'll share that in the conversation. Today. The gym's in. We're good. We're good. We just wrapped up um, an episode with uh, Bryce Lewis. And um, actually, I, I picked against Bryce too, didn't I, Matt? That's right. Damn, <laughs> man. I was having a rough. And then yesterday, I had on Jen Milliken. Dude, I was. this is a rough weekend for me. Shoot. No, shoot. How, how many picks did you get correctly? Uh, <laughs> not. You would think not a lot. I got. Um, well, obviously, I got Russell. I got uh, I got Ray Williams. I got Sam Dennis. went right for the jugular. I went. I got I got the low hanging fruit like Dennis Cornelius and stuff like that. When it was it's like the easy ones, it was I got the easy ones. When it was the tough battles, I, I freaking swung. I always swung and missed. Like every, I was picking the wrong way. Like I, when it, the close battles. Was there any close battles? Like God, damn. And I think Matt, you got like all of them. But you also handled them. Which, um, so obviously, like, it'd be weird if you pick against them, but, right, that'd be weird if you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, that'd be awkward. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it seemed like the close battles you were handling, you were picking, so, freak me. Sometimes, too, I want to be devil's advocate against you, just show two sides, but, um, yeah, fair enough. some of these battles were tight. Like, the 63 kilo women, holy moly, you guys were all world record breakers, um, Jen Milken is a world champion. Oh, and by the way, also best lifter at the Worlds in 2017. Right. I mean, it's this was that 63 kilo, I believe, was probably the tightest battle in probably the whole U.S. Raw Nationals. What do you guys think? Was there tighter in terms of, because there's three of you on the podium whom, like not the overall, the outcome-wise, Sam had a nice stretch. I mean, leading in, in terms, of, in, yes. in terms yes. of the podium, yeah, overall, Sam ended up, we'll get into that in a second. I don't know we got to do proper timeline storytelling here. But um, leading in, man, you guys, in terms of like a stacked podium, frick, man, you could flip a coin. You guys, it was tight. All the mm -hmm. other ones, there were some good battles like Ashton, Bryce. Um, I mean, there's some good battles, one-offs like that. In the 57s was also a good battle, but they didn't have the resumes that you guys had. Right. You guys all had international experience. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, when Megan Scanlon at the U.S., uh, in Sweden, sorry, at the World Championships, I remember when I was commentating, she finished off with a total, and I was like, well, that's the biggest total we've ever seen in the 57. That's the best 57 kilo performance we'd ever seen. And then Maria T steps up. And it was, well, both of them put in the best performance we'd ever seen. It was crazy. Right. It was crazy. 
I mean, and then, oh, well, she's moving up now. We have the 63s with Super Stack. And then Jen Milliken, like I already said, world champion, best lifter at a world level. I mean, it was uh, it, crazy, uber stacked. And now um, Sam, who's like starting to run up a bit of a dynasty in the 63s at the Nationals. How, how many <laughs> national titles you got? This is the second one. Back to back like so, Drake. Put I'm it, getting there. Put it back to back. <laughs> um, so let's roll it back a hot minute. Uh, because the storylines, it's a bit of a redemption story, and everybody loves the redemption comeback story. But there's a significance to that number you hit. You didn't just win the U.S. Raw Nationals. You know, you posted up a number that we hadn't seen in the 63-kilo class. Right. So there's, there's a bit of a storyline here that I want people to know. So going into the World Championships, I remember the preview show. And... Um, I remember we had all like a few, like four of the women from the Raw Nationals on that, on one of the shows. And most of us were thinking, man, 63s, we didn't know too much about the 63s. The European scene is probably underexposed. People aren't looking at the Italian national championships. Um, it's probably fair to say. I don't even know what the stream is like. And um, so we're going to do like preview shows on the European championships now and recap shows. So nobody's slipping under the radar. But um, I remember on the preview show, Matt had said, there's this girl who, who you found, Matt, with the killer bench press, mm -hmm. which was Car Carla Gara. Yes. So how was training leading into Sweden? And how were things in, in terms of the flight time zone and all the rest of it, Sam, when you were getting into Sweden? How were you feeling? I was feeling confident. Like, even for that preview show, I was feeling very confident. Mm -hmm. I figured it was my show to lose. I didn't think I would have any issue with winning. I thought I would have to, like, mess up, which is I kind of did, to have to lose. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was I was pretty confident. Mm -hmm. And did it feel, is it feeling like, is that good or bad when you walk into something thinking it's mine to lose? Do you prefer to be an underdog who's scrappy and want to prove people wrong and the pressure's on someone else because they think it's their meat to lose? Or do you prefer... Being the favorite and it's your meat to lose. Oh, I prefer being the underdog for sure. Yeah. Yes. For sure. So like when you pick Meg, I prefer that. Really? <laughs> like that, that makes me happy. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. That's great. Yeah. You know. Um She just doesn't she just doesn't want me to pick Meg. Oh shit. Right. That's a problem. <laughs> if 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 I pick Meg, I might get fired. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I that was the first time that it was my game to lose, really. You know, because before that, it's always been Jen Thompson's game to lose. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was just playing catch-up. Mm -hmm. So whatever I did, it was with no expectation. Yeah. You know, so that was the first time. And I didn't feel pressured by that. I felt confident, but it does change the, the mental aspect of it. It's like, it's like running a race, and um, there's this, like no pace horse in front of you, so you're like, what am I chasing? Especially for like a deadlifter. Um, as a deadlift specialist, you've got the biggest deadlift in 63 kilo we ever seen. So a lot of times, like you're loading up the bar for the win, etc. And um, the subtotal, yeah, it's weird when you think... My feet. <laughs> it, it's weird when you think you're setting the pace for the first time ever. It's, yeah, it's total game changer. And you think, all right, am I pacing well? Or, or how is this? Well, when you were going into it, in terms of strategizing with Sweden... And you said, like, oh, I feel like I might have dropped the ball a little. How so do you think? Did the weigh-ins and time zone change? Was that okay or was it the meet day? No, I guess I 
it's kind of what we talked about before. It's like when you don't expect to do bad, uh, you don't expect mistakes, and when those mistakes happen, it catches you off guard. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my third squat, um, 180 kilos, maybe, no. What was it, one... It was 380 pounds. Yeah, 172 and a half. 172 and a half. Uh, it, it matched my previous best. It was a little harder than expected, but I got it. Mm-hmm. Cool. We win the game. No big deal. Great. It's when I missed my opener on bench when my butt came off the bench. It changed our game plan, mm-hmm. right? So it took me out of the mindset I was in. So it's, instead of like playing my game, now I was on the defense because now I'm trying to catch up ground. Um. And I don't prepare for those moments. Mm. So it didn't really freak me. It didn't freak me out, but it took me outside of myself. Mm. So Because then I got to get a little more amped up, a little more hype, a little more, you know, you got to talk to yourself a little more and tell yourself you're still in this, you still got it. But it, it takes me out of my headspace that I need to be in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was a little more reactive. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I got my third bench. It moved great. You know, let's go to deadlifts. And for whatever reason... When Matt told me, okay, you need this to get first, right? You need this pull right here to get first. I don't know why that made me upset. Because I don't know why I felt like it shouldn't have came down to that. Yeah. You know, and that kind of took me out of the headspace I needed to be in. You know, so now I'm a little more aggressive, a little more on an attack. And I just, it wasn't the space I needed to be in. Because now I'm playing her game instead of playing my game. It is, it's, it is, um, so do you think in the future you don't want to know if it's pulling for the win? What do you I think? mean, you got to know regardless. I mean, knowing or not knowing, it doesn't really make a difference. Mm-hmm. I think I just, I, I need to prepare for all situations. Yeah. You know, you and know, handle those situations better. You know, it's funny, like, Steffi Cohen was on the one time and she said, so she, she bombed out in the U.S. Open and was like, very like rattled because she didn't get a single lift like your worst day was like a still a silver medal at the world championships which is crazy but her she like straight up bombed out u.s open biggest meet on her calendar and um the bigger you get the more people can't wait for you to stumble and then some people who have been waiting for you to stumble like yeah see i told you she can't she can't do this she can't do that and she said it rattled her um when she missed the first couple and then um so she never got back on track and then did, couldn't make the adjustments. And then afterwards, it upset her because people were, like, piling on. And then she said, um, she thought, it's kind of similar to what you were saying. There's positive thinking prep moving into a meet where you just prep yourself, like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for three for three. I'm going to go six for six. And then I'm going to, I'll be, you picture these positive mm-hmm. things. But sometimes when you do those affirmations over and over and over, and the likelihood of nine for nine is, is kind of rare in powerlifting, when things go off track and you've told yourself that so many times in prep, it can rattle you. And she thought it rattled her when the script switched up. And she was like, so she actually went to see uh, a sports psychologist who said, you somewhat set yourself up. You thought you were being positive, but you were setting yourself up for perfection, almost like storytelling, Disney movie style perfection. And he was like, very rarely is that going to happen in sports. So instead, um, envision Miss a lift, and what are you going to do? Things still end up okay. Miss two lifts, and you start envisioning scenarios, and you actually, for real, play it through your head. And then when she was came back again and started, like, you know, got right back on track, breaking Wilkes records, etc., um, she felt like she started missing some lifts, and it was totally calm, cool, collected, because 
think it was even in the squat and I was like did it ever dawn on you oh my god not again like when you bombed and it's like oh my god everyone's gonna eat me alive as soon as this meet's over and she was like it could have easily because we were going down the same path and started having the same feelings but she's like I had mentally prepped myself you know what this happens again I miss a lift it's not this, it's not gonna be the same I've, I've envisioned I've envisioned this you know what because I, I know I, I come back the story ends you know this way that way or the other and um it's easy to like read blogs, videos, and talk about it, but until you live it, like ex- you can't buy experience. Right. You know? I understand. You know, that's just like what happened in Sweden was a whole lot of experience you just bought mm-hmm. yourself. Um, <clears throat> and then afterwards, how hungry, like, so when you came in a silver and you're thinking, man, hell no. It was a bitter pill to swallow because I remember you, you dropping a post saying, all right. I'm done crying. I'm going to leave my hotel room. <laughs> you were there or something around the fact that it was tough. That, I mean, that night it was tough, right? Because I, I was like, wow, you lost. I wasn't, that wasn't the game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a tough pill to swallow or that it made me hungrier because I know I was prepared, right? It's just the, the course didn't line up, but I know everything I did leading up to that, I was prepared, mm-hmm. you know? So I had to wrap my head around, like, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you could have done any more on the front end. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. And the next time, just do better. Yeah. But, so I, I didn't have a – during the whole training cycle, I really didn't have a chip on my shoulder. You know, I just took training for what it was. I made some adjustments to my training, you know, timing and everything of, of that nature. But as far as, like, oh, I'm hungry, I need to do this, it just it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, I just told myself, like, okay, your training leading up to this, you was prepared and you was confident. So let, let's just let's just continue that and just make it better. Do you get emotional when you lift? Like, are you an emotional lifter the day of? Do you rely on it or, or are you calm, cool, collected when you're out there? I perform my best when I'm calm, cool, and collected. Yeah. And that's the thing. When I get out, when I, anytime I get outside of that, that's when things fall apart. Mm, you know, and it's hard to find that balance because you don't want to be under aroused, right? You know, so and that's that's what I struggle with. Yeah, that's what I struggle with is finding that balance of like arousal. Yeah, we you know, we've just talked exactly that in the last podcast with Bryce, where there's amount of getting amped up for a lift, and so adrenaline hits your body, and adrenaline is the ultimate pre workout. But on the flip side, stress and adrenaline feel very much the same. And stress on the body, cortisol levels go up, and then it's a whole nother. You start losing energy real quick. Uh, you hype yourself up huge for a squat, and then by the time dead rolls around, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. I gotta load the bar for the win. Like, this is this is my jam in terms of deadlifts. Um, so it's difficult. Well, in terms of de- game day, Matt, when you go back to Sweden, um, how, how did you feel about it? Did, did, did uh, Gara come, come forth with what you guys like, anticipated? And, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I had done my research beforehand. I mean, I try to study our opponents as best as I'm able. Uh, I study the, the every lifter that's, um, you know, that's relevant in our weight class, uh, even some of the outliers who might be one-offs in one particular lift. I also study the habits and the trends and the tendencies of the other coaching staffs. I look at the meet results from other championships and kind of see the, the, you know, the jumps and the progressions that they typically take for their lifters. And I just feel like that, you know, stacks the deck in my favor. And frankly, I would, I would expect that they would do the same with me, whether they do that or not. I don't know. But, um, 
but so yeah so i mean i i fully expected and you know like i said when we were talking to bryce i mean you you expect the other lifters to bring their a game as well you know they're not you know sam is in the lab she's training hard she's working her tail off well guess what these other ladies are doing the same yeah and so you know you expect them to bring their package and hey the high tide raises all boats and and uh and i know sam's uh the ultimate competitor and she, she wants to face them at their best and so um, yeah, I, I, I anticipated uh, a big squat out of her. And, of course, the big bench uh, was a little bit surprised when Corolla actually missed her third one, which, you know, kind of, you know, you, you don't wish that upon anybody. I mean, I don't wish anybody to miss their lifts. I just want my lifter to lift more. And so, but, look, I'm not going to lie, that helped us a little bit. You know, it, we're it, mad. It, uh, you know we, 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 we knew going in that even if Sam was a perfect six for six coming out of the bench, that, you know, we were going to have a deficit to make up, but we were confident that we could do that in the deadlift. I mean, cause she's the world's best deadlifter. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as it stands, we just weren't able to do that. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 I take the L too, you know, um, it, 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 um, you know, I, I, I feel that in a different way. I feel like what, what could I have done better? as a game day coach to put Sam in a better position, you know, ultimately when, when the lifter walks out there, the onus is upon them to execute. I can't go out there and make the lifts for them by the same token. They're, they're, you know, relying upon me to crunch the numbers and do my due diligence and put the right number on the bar. And sometimes it just doesn't happen for whatever reason. And that's why they call it competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we expected that out of her and, um, you know, we, we weren't able to, to secure the W like we wanted. And, um, but I'm very confident in Sam. I mean, Susie and I have a tremendous amount of respect and love for her, and we, we appreciate her her consistency of preparation. And we know that her, her coach who does her training, Austin, you know, they got a really great recipe that's working. And, um, you know, I think we, we, we saw that unfold, you know, at the, at the Raw National Championships just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that was, that was truly Sam's, you know, signature performance to date. And the nice thing about it is, is that, uh, there's a little bit more in the tank, I think you saw, and so that 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 you know bodes well for us as well. Let's segue into that because you just yeah. you just brought it up, and here we go. Oh wow, smile on Sam's face now. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, all right, I was waiting for yeah. this. So so what was the number that um, the Italian had hit at the World Championships? She hit five oh three, which is uh, currently the world record total in the sixty threes. Okay. So. That that exceeded the number, uh, you know. That was the world record total. Uh, that had exceeded the, the, you know, anything that Sam had done to date. Even, uh, you know, Sam's American record total at Raw Nationals the previous year, which was five hundred point five. So, mm-hmm. up until this past Raw Nationals, five hundred three was the largest total we'd seen out of a sixty-three kilo lifter. And when you came off of the uh, Sweden Sam. I remember, I mean, at one point, I shot a uh, comment saying, can you post a little more? Because I'm not reposting. People are like, we're leading into Raw Nationals, and I'm trying to, like, hype up. Like, this, that was, this is a big battle. And people, I got a couple DMs like, is there any news on Sam? And I'm like, let me shoot her a message, because I haven't seen nothing. Did you, when you caught back, were you like, I'm going, I'm going, like, <laughs> silent, and, or, or, or did you take a little time off? What happened right after, after Worlds? Uh, I I didn't necessarily. Well, I took some time off in the sense of like, not much was happening in training. You know, you kind of slowly build up. Yeah. Um. So I didn't consciously go dark. It's just that I just felt that nothing that I was doing was noteworthy. 
You know, like, I, and I, I said it with, like, you know, relatively speaking. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing was outside of my norm. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, training was going great. It was consistent. Um, but nothing was, nothing gave me the desire to want to post and show it without unfolding my hand. Right. Yeah. You know, um, so that was the main thing. It was just, I, I didn't want to show my cards, you know, so I would post things in my story just to kind of show people, Hey, I am still training. Training is going well. You know, we're, you know, we're going in a positive direction, but as far as like posting my top singles, you know, my heavy working sets, I didn't feel that it was necessary. Just because I, I, it was beneficial for me to stay in the background. Because if I'm not going to post anything to fully scare you, right? I don't need to post anything at all to give you confidence. Yeah, that's true. That's no. right. It's it's because no. for like a hot minute, it felt like a, a month. Your last post was your profile picture from like, it was that black and white picture. You, I was like, is that still the last post? It's been a minute, and um. I know what you mean where it's weird how so when you when you're rocking and rolling and peaking, you're like you can't wait to get back in the gym and smash some weights and you're posting those and you're like, where do people see this? And and be like, oh wow, that was a big when you start the cycle all over again, you just competed, so you're starting from rock bottom again. It is like, is this I don't know, do people care about this? I don't know. Is this <laughs> is this post worthy? Which you might think that. In reality, like probably everybody will still be like, oh my god. And they learn right. that journey. Some people post regardless, man. People post accessories. And people post when they're doing, like, back rubs. You know what I mean? And some people, like, eat it up. I know what you mean, though, the feeling of, what are we doing here? This is day one, week one, and I'm just scratching the surface. Do you guys care about this right now? Or do you want to see me post later? And then as you get closer and closer to the competition, it kind of shifts in the opposite direction mm -hmm. where you said where, all right, I'm starting to move some major numbers. I'm starting to get a little excited. But... Now I'm facing a different dilemma. Do I want everybody to know this? Because some right. people are totally up front. Um, and were you, so you had decided, I mean, you posted here and there, but were you holding some of those top sets to yourself? Uh, definitely. Uh, squat, I had a really, really, really good training cycle. Uh, I PR my, my competition squat in the gym, which is huge for me. And it, it well, that, you know, I was confident in it, uh, and I was really excited about that. And I would have loved to have posted that, but it, it shows too much. Yeah. You know, now you get to plan what's my instrument, right? You get to kind of judge yourself against that. It give it give you confidence, depending on who you are. If you're a squatter like Meg, it'll still give you some confidence of, oh, I still got it. You know what I mean? So it's just all these different things that plays into, do I want to post this or not? Mm -hmm. Right? If there's like a private Facebook group that I posted in. It'll be great, you know, but this is, you know, Instagram for the world to see. Um, you know, bitch was going really well. Um, I hit 242 pounds, touch and go, like, for eight weeks, you know. So it was very consistent, very strong. You know, I hit 237 consistently over, over the time competition bench. Um, so everything was going great. However, it wasn't enough for me to post to scare my opponent. It showed too much of where I were, yeah. you know, and it wouldn't have benefited me to post those things. You know, some people would hear this and be like, because um, they don't, some people just don't, haven't been there, like, on, I, and when I say some people, like, 99.5% of the population isn't, won't have been there, but 
psychologically, they might think, well, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're going to do is going to do anyway, so you might as well post everything. But like you just said about Sweden, and, and like Bryce just said in the last podcast, it matters. Mindset matters. It does impact you. When, when Bryce said, I'm, I'm not looking at nothing. I'm not looking at anybody's social media because when I compare it, like, I will just, it rattle me. It, even though, um, and Matt, we touched up on it because that's where, that's Matt's kind of job. He will do that kind of scouting for you. You don't necessarily got to be posting and taking a look. And the thing is too, when you rely on a lift, like you're relying on your deadlift. Yeah, you might be like, look, this is a good squat for me. Um, and if I think Meg or Jen are going to be squatting more than that, the, the takeaway might not be entirely realistic because you will out-squat me fine, but that's not how the battle is going to be won. But it's weird how when you give people confidence or, I mean, have you ever thought of, this is like a whole, this is going some Sun Tzu on people, but inflating someone's confidence, make them think you're weak when you're really strong. Or have you ever thought about doing stuff like that and you're like, I'm not going that deep in it? No, I mean, I don't want to play those games. I mean, I, I know where my battle is won. Is in the, is, it, it is in the deadlift, you know? So um, unless I'm about to post a 500 deadlift at RPE 8, you know, I'm not going to post that in strength on social media because you can know what's my final card and you can plan your last attempt accordingly, yeah. you know, because that does matter. Yeah. Right? So if you think that, okay, Sam, you if you, like, he, like Matt said, you have to think about the best in your opponent. So if you assume Sam Delif has gotten stronger, she's probably good for 5'10", 5'15", you know, 515 pounds. If you assume that, that means on the front end, you got to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, got, you got to assume the best and you have to plan for that. And if you don't know that, the only thing you can do is assume. Yeah. yeah so you're yeah. either going to overshoot or undershoot. Yeah. Do you, do you pay attention to what these girls are posting? Are you watching no. them, or are you like, I don't want to see it? I So, Meg posts too much. Yeah. So, I'm going to follow her. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you unfollow her? So, <laughs> since, <laughs> uh, so, since I don't follow her, I was like, well, I'm going to unfollow Jen Thompson. Because at the time, Jen was going to still compete. Yeah. I'm going to unfollow Jen Milliken. You know, I'm going to follow anyone who I feel has something to bring to the table. And it's nothing against them. It's just that I don't, I'm not in the place right now that I want to see that. Yeah. So unless I'm doing something extraordinary, like I said, I don't need to see it. As a matter of fact, it's a compliment. As a matter of fact, if you're following a 63 kilo girl and commenting, good job, that's an insult. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I probably am not too worried about you. But um, no, I know what you mean where... It can get in your head and you can overanalyze and overcrunch numbers. I mean, there's, there's an extent of, and there's also, um, I, I, I mean, I haven't talked to Meg. I can't remember what she said in terms of how much she cuts, but some people, what they do in the gym and what they do on the platform can differ greatly on a, on a cut. You don't cut. Do you still not cut? You didn't cut before. So, um, I don't cut, but I am a beefy 63 now. <laughs> I'm a heavy 63. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I don't cut, but I'm a BP sixty three. That's the yeah. soundbite of the day, by the way. Um, <laughs> so do you do you like do so you don't have to water cut or you're like right on the line? So I didn't make weight until noon that day. Okay. And that was just for stress peeing and yeah. Stress peeing is the secret. I got you. Yeah. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna have to get a little more we're gonna have to tighten that up a bit. 
And do you foresee having to do some water cutting in the future? No, I have a lot of room to improve as far as nutrition. You know, I have room for improvement, so we're not there yet. Okay, okay. Because it's, um, it's one of those dicey propositions. It's like a variable, right? Where it's nice, mass moves mass, so it's nice to be bigger. You know, there's a reason why there's weight classes. On the flip side, when you got a water cut, I mean, it's a water cut goes good, great. You're half a, you're half a weight class up. A water cut goes bad, it's it's tough to turn that around day of. You can rehydrate and everything, but if it's just not going to turn around for you. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, how do you feel about water cutting and whatnot, Matt? When, when you're athletes, do you think athletes should do it? I find that the lifters who have to cut the least um, tend to perform the best. So, um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of cutting weight, to be honest with you. Um, I understand why it's done. Uh, it, you know, it makes sense from the standpoint that you can be heavier during training and, uh, you know, uh, presumably that enhances recovery. It protects your joints a little bit more and you can move a little bit more weight in training, but it all comes out in the wash typically at the end. Cause we've seen and examples are abound of people who train at a much heavier body weight and then cut a lot more and they and then they see decrements of performance. You know, they might have squatted X in training or benched X in training, but then it's a lot less, you know, when, when they get to game day. So the closer that you can stay, I'm a, I'm a proponent of staying as close as you can to your competition body weight for the majority of the prep, of, of the prep, because uh, that's just going to give you a realistic expectation of what you can anticipate on game day. And so when you can eliminate those variables uh, or at least reduce them, it, 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 it makes for a, you know, it's like a scope on a rifle. We can get closer to our bullseye. That's, I like that analogy. You're, you know you're a little closer. The, the thing is, obviously, some of these weight classes in powerlifting are freaking huge. And yeah. some people have the benefit of nicely slotting in. And some people, it's like, my natural body weight is so far away from the, the, the weight classes. There's like a 22-pound jump in some mm-hmm. of the men's classes. Sometimes even more. So it's like, I don't got a choice. I either get super-duper chubby and, and change my whole life or... I don't know. I guess I got to, you know, you started gambling with some water cuts and stuff. So it's kind of like a roll of the dice for some people. You just get lucky. You luck out with, hey, my anatomy, I, I slot right in here. You know, so it is dicey, right? Yeah, and there's an art to it. I mean, there's clearly lifters who, who you know, have the right recipe and, and can make that, you know, uh, magic happens, so to speak. You know, they 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 they've mastered these water manipulation techniques and and weight loss. You know, in the last week, and they slide in, and 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 they don't see much decrements in their performance. But there's, I, I would I would argue that they're those are the outliers. Mm-hmm. For most people, if they're doing a significant amount of of cutting, uh, they are going to see decrements in performance on game day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and we're just speaking raw. I mean, forget about when you get into the equipped, and then your equipment is fitting different. So, yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, that's a whole other ball game right there. So walking into this, Sam, you had – so the training was going good. You move, you're shifting some major weight, keeping your cards to your chest, not posting a whole heck of a lot. And um, Meg is now going into the 63s. Um, obviously, Jen has returned. And presumably, she, she wasn't posting – like, she was kind of posting, kind of not. And some sending some mixed signals. Some of her posts are saying – like, she literally has some posts – saying going into this, she wasn't super happy about training, but obviously training ended up being all right. In, in the end, she had a really good last week. Um, and then the preview show shows up, pops up. 
Okay, I'm ready to eat my crow right now. This is the second <laughs> Look at that. He, he picked it right. That That's the laugh of a man who picked it right. So, were you sitting it, Matt, you must have been seeing these videos and knew what she was packing. Of course. So, so you knew. It's the same thing with Bryce Lewis, where he wasn't posting. And you were like, in the preview show, I picked Ashton. And you were like, well, without revealing too much, I'd seen some videos. And based off of that... I'm gonna I'm gonna formally pick Bryce Lewis, but on the flip side, I wasn't sure if well you're handling them and you're handling Sam, so you got to. But you would also see videos that some people didn't see. So it's sure. one of those we we don't necessarily know is this hopeful optimism or is this realistic optimism. So I'm 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 looking at this as um, making scaling you know her performance in Sweden whatever the shit like world record total blah blah blah. And um, she was like a string bean in Sweden. She she was like not a string bean. She was muscular, obviously, but like a like a, a miniature version. So I'm thinking, oh my god, when she goes full sixty three, these numbers could be ridiculous. Um, I'm just you know thinking best best case scenarios in my head, and um, not seeing quite as much. Obviously, not seeing as much as as uh, you guys knew. But Sam was shifting, and I picked Meg Scanlon. Now these are tough picks. If I if I may if I may justify myself, it's a flip of the coin. So I'm like, and you got to do it. I nobody likes when you look. We don't got ESPN and all the mainstream media who everyone can do picks and they're not close to any of the lifters. They don't know any of the lifters or any sport. Let's say they you got ESPN who are picking his sports. That broadcast is never going to meet those athletes. He has no emotional attachment. It's easy, right? It's easy to do that, but you don't know nobody. <laughs> we're we're a far smaller community. Um, and we don't got those. So when there's a podcast, you got to make that pick. You got you got to. Don't you can't. Pardon me, pussy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you you got to make the pick because that's why people listen to it. It creates the drama and the whole nine. But I also know. I see Sam in real life. I see like these people on podcasts. It's difficult. It ain't easy. So we make the pick, and these people know me. It's and it's different when you know the person. You're like, oh shit. Okay. All right, you're going to pick against me. Okay, <laughs> so that's different too. The whole dynamic is different. Some people listening and watching might not realize, like, you know, you know these people, you know, so it's a different impact. So we released the preview show, and Jen Milliken had said, um, I mean, I remember when she went into Calgary, and she ended up winning, but she's like... You can be in Belarus. Well, when, when Milliken went into Calgary... Um, oh, gotcha. She went Belarus as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, she yeah. won in Calgary. She said, she she posted. She's like, look at man, that preview show dropped, and I went back and forth like five times. Do I want to listen? Nah. Well, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> ah, nah. And then she's like, fuck it, I did. And then she's like, okay, they picked me. All right, cool. And like, you're not sure how you're gonna feel about it. And then she went in, and rest is history. She had a Titanic last pull for the win in dramatic. She's like, all right, I'm done. Fifty seven. But when we dropped that, um, what were you thinking, Sam, when you were, were you, first off, is there any hesitation to listen to a preview show and, and, and listen to a breakdown analysis or, or yeah, what, what about that? Normally, normally not because I look forward to them, like they're, they're entertaining. Uh, I was hesitant this time because I was in such a, a good mental headspace of like, just like chilling, you know, I didn't want to get like all hyped up and, you know, like, yeah. I, I just. I was hesitant, but I'm nosy, so I still had to like <laughs> listen. Yeah, and then when but it, when you when you pick Meg, that's that's a typical Ryan pick, right? <laughs> <laughs> a 
Her is posting, you know, yeah. she's strong as heck. Yeah. You know, you, you you get to you know you're you know you know what you're picking. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think she, she she had a great battle at the Arnold's as a sixty-three. Yeah. You know, so that's a typical Ryan pick. I would agree. <laughs> I like um and I probably say this during the preview shows. I say like, look at I I don't know what's going on here, but I see this. And um, sometimes you work with what you know, right? And you, and you throw it out there. And um, and you kept keeping your cards to your chest too. I like some people are more uh, open up on like this is how I feel about what happened in at this world. So this is how I feel about leading into this championship. And then you start feeling like you're like a along for the ride. You're like, okay, you know what? I like what's going on with that person's headspace. And then if you don't say. I'm like, oh, you almost start filling in your own. Like, oh, man, Sweden was really harsh on her. I don't know how she feels about it. I don't know where headspace is at. And you could be like, man, it was no thing. I, I had a rough night. Next day, I'm like, hey, fuck it. It's silver at the world. Not half bad. I'm all right. But you know what you don't know? You're like, I don't You're, you're filling in the gaps. Yeah. And you're like, um, you try to work with what you got. So when that drops, and you're like, oh, okay. And then, and then so it's one pick. And Matt picks you, I pick the other way. That's one pick. But then you start thinking, like, hey, who else might be picking me? Who else might be? Like, do, when you hear something like that, and maybe you're thinking, maybe I'm at the forefront, and maybe you're thinking, wow, maybe there's some people who are 50-50, and it's a tight race. Did that get the competitive juices? We're like, oh, shit. Or did you, did you already put it this way? Two questions, I guess. Did you already know that people were somewhat 50-50 on this? Uh, in terms of picks, yeah. Okay, you did. You you you're aware, like okay. So there's a few uh, people who dropped some podcasts. Like Aaron had had a podcast of his little preview show, and I think there was also like a fifty fifty split. Some other random show I listened to, um, there was kind of like a you know fifty fifty. I had clients coming to me like, man, Meg posted this. That's the worst. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I take I take that more to heart than yeah. your pick. Yeah, because like you're sure. telling me all the great things. Mind reminder, I haven't followed her for a reason. <laughs> you know, most of them know that, you know, but they'll give me live updates. Yeah, you're like, what the hell? And she, and she, you know what? She looks great too. She looks great. <laughs> and you're like, I don't fucking care. What, what's up, man? Tell me she looks shitty. Tell me there's doubt. Um, and so when you're hearing this, the podcast is coming out. Previous shows coming out. None of them quite as good as King of Lives or you know, but um, <laughs> but you know whatever. But that uh, is incredible, whatever. But uh, you're hearing it, and some people are some hype. So what was your emotional reaction to that when you're hearing this? I, I love it, and I love it because as you know, it it brings focus focus to the the class, right? And yeah. you need that. Yeah, yeah, that's you true. That. So it, it gives me more motivation to continue to do what I'm doing in training. You know, it's like, all right, this is why we're here. This is why we're doing this. You know, let's keep going. Because without that, it's like, why well, I'm here. Yeah. You know, so I, I love it. You know, so it only drives my training further. You know, so it does, you know, it, it perks me up a little bit. I'm like, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. You know, uh, but I expect, I expect so much of Meg and Jen, you know, so like, to hear those things, like if someone would have picked pick Jen, I would be like, okay, you know, yeah. You know, so I expect them to do great. Yeah. You know, I expected the competition to be closer. Right? Yeah. So all those things I expect. So when you pick Meg, it's like, okay, that's where we're at. Yeah. You know? All right. He he picked wrong, but he made his pick. Yeah. He shot his shot, 
but even his bed. And, and yeah. you're you're one hundred percent right. It's like a gift and a curse, right? Like when you walk into a competition, you're like ah, oh, like part of you might be like, I hope no one else. I hope I hope a a, a bus gets hit and they don't show up and I just win. But on the flip <laughs> side, like that'd be so much less stressful. But on the like, they're all fine. They're just late. That's all. But uh, but on the flip side, you know, like the worst the worst thing in the world is to be in a competition and nobody cares. Right. And it's just irrelevant. Like you could be like, I'm a world, I'm a national champion. How come I'm not? A preview shows come out two hours, two hour and a half. Me and Matt's, anyways. In like my my division got like five minutes. Right. And another division got twenty minutes. Everyone's talking all excited about it. Everyone's talking about you got all these world champions, world record breakers in that division. It's stressful to be in that mix because it could flip either which way given how a day goes. So that's that's sports. Oftentimes, like you could show up and it's there. You could show up, it's not there, and. Because you only have two games a year, it's tough. But on the flip side, if it wasn't that and nobody cares, that's like so much worse. Right. Oh, yeah. 100%. You could have an amazing day and nobody's really watching. And there's classes like that. You Big know? time. Big time. And you were – 63s is never that class. It's always in the heated division. You will never show up and it's easy. Is it like right. – Is it like – You didn't never have easy days. Is it ever a point where you're like, man, like – is it mentally draining? You you can't avoid a battle. You can't Listen, get an easy one out. This past Raw Nationals was easy. Mentally? Oh, really? Mentally and physically. Oh, wow. It was easy. Oh, wow. Is that because because people were picking some other people, took a little pressure off you, and they get to, like, all right, Meg, you carry a bit of the load now with expectations. Like, she has to carry a little load? Does that I think so. I mean, I'm sure that's, that was a part of it. Uh, that was a part of it. All eyes were on her to do something special. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That wasn't much expectation from me. One, because I wasn't posting. You know? Yeah. Two, because I, I I got second at Worlds. So that's, that focal point, that spotlight kind of faded away a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it did give me time to just be me mm-hmm. and live. You know? So that took the mental pressure away. Yeah. Uh, and then physically, I felt great. You know, I, so I didn't have to do anything that that I didn't that was impossible, right? That was a reach. I didn't have to reach. You know, so every lift we had a little bit more to give that we we didn't have to take. It, so and that never happened. So it is, okay. So now we're in game day, and this is where we'll start talking about preps, Matt, in terms of uh, attempt selection, etc. Because um, the difference, a huge difference between here and Sweden, especially like how crazy what your total ended up being. And, and I don't know if you guys knew you're going to build a total like that because you guys like went way like you guys really dug a ditch threw your competitors in it and started throwing dirt on it by the end it was like holy moly um, and on top of that though total difference in Sweden these lifts you, you were moving like some of these third attempts were like rocking and rolling and it was like oh shit like you could see the, the momentum building um, so walking into this man, you knew the, and these other competitors were like a murderer's row. It was a very tough division to, to have to face. What were your thoughts when, when the squats rolled around and everybody's squatting? You see Megan falter a little bit. She's dealing with something. And, and what, what, was, what was the attempt selection like? And did you guys realize you're going to start building a total like that? So yeah, I think I think the short answer to your question is yeah, we, we did have the expectation that that's the total we were going to build uh, because I I I'd, I'd seen Sam's training and we had connected 
you know, uh, via email and, and did a Skype call as we typically do to install the game plan. And so I, I had a, a, a boatload of confidence. You know, Susie and I had a tremendous amount of confidence in, in her abilities based on what she put together and based on how healthy she was and, and where her body weight was sitting and everything. So we, we fully, you know, like I said with Bryce, you know, we expect Sam to execute. We expect her to 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 bring her best on game day, and and she typically does. And so we were expecting her to to perform the way that she did. It did not come as a surprise to us, um, <clears throat> but we knew with the with the other lifters, you know, with Megan and Jennifer, we knew that uh, you know that they were going to be ahead in the squat. But this isn't a game of uh, you know let's chase them in the squat. Let's you know throw more weight on the bar just so our squat can be a little bit closer to, to theirs. That wasn't what this was about at all. This was about let's make our three attempts. Let's play our game. Let's hold serve during the bench press because we know that you know Sam was uh, likely to get out benched, you know, and so forth, and 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 put us in the pole position when it comes around to the deadlift. So we knew that Megan and or Jennifer were probably going to toss that American record in the squat back and forth. Um, you know, as, as it stands, uh, I guess Megan only made, uh, I guess she made one squat attempt. Jennifer made all three. Um, and, uh, you know, Jennifer was, was a perfect six for six uh, coming out of the bench press. Um, Megan, Megan had missed one bench. But, um, you know, kind of like I said on the preview show, we had anticipated, or at least I had anticipated, and I really didn't talk too much about this with Sam, but, you know, the writing was on the wall, and we and Sam understands where her strengths lie, and her, her strengths lie, obviously, in, in having the world record in the deadlift and also being consistent in her execution. And so she knows that she's not going to catch those ladies in the squat and the bench, and that's not the objective. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is a competition for total. And so, uh, we, we, you know, I had anticipated that Megan would be in the lead, at subtotal, that Jen would be right in the middle, and that we would be third. And and my expectation, as I said, was that that would literally just flip, and that we would go ahead and take the lead on the deadlift. That Jennifer would stay right in the middle, and that Megan would 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 uh, would come third after after deadlifts. And that, and that's how that's how it unfolded. So, it's, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a surprise to us. It's like five eleven, the five eleven total, and like you guys went well beyond the world record. And would have won worlds in Sweden. It's five eleven, right? Yes, five eleven. And, 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 and let me also say this, right? So com- coming into this competition, uh, Sam's previous PB in the squat was one seventy two and a half kilos. That was her previous personal best, and she squatted one seventy seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm telling you now that one eighty was on the table. That was a possibility. I'm telling you, you, you know, was on the table. This this is what I'm saying is like yeah. <laughs> Man, the way the weights were shifting in terms of discipline, what you guys did to the world record, like if had had everybody known 5'11 was a possibility, which you guys are like, yeah, we, we expected that. There's not a 63 kilo lifter ever who would have been been able to beat Sam on that day. And those ladies did a good yeah. job on that day. There's sure. nothing they could have done though. Nothing anyone ever could have done in the world in history in 63 kilo. And the way the weights shifted, like, yeah, it looked like there was five kilo left. That's what, what, the, what, like, probably the scariest thing is when someone walks away with a five eleven, and what won the seventy two? It's refreshing my memory. Was it five ten? Uh, let me look it up right here. Our, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Chloe Dublin five ten. Yes. So when you're out totaling the weight class above you at a national level, again, this isn't a, a small competition, <laughs> and you got room to spare, those girls are going all out. Like Sam still had five kilo here, a couple kilo there, five kilo there. So. 
it starts like the impact in terms of the signature performance. So while the signature performance is unraveling as it is, A, it was shocking, and you do have to have a measure of discipline because you could easily be like, oh my God, these weights are shifting. Let's up it. Let's let's go crazy. Let's. But see, when you, here's here's one thing that you have to understand, and I said this on the last podcast, and I know I sound like a broken record, but hopefully it'll eventually sink in for people. Mm-hmm. There's one day, one day out of the calendar year when Sam Calhoun can be a national champion. Mm-hmm. She can she can go for broke, you know, and hit crazy personal bests. I mean, this was already a five kilo PB on her squat already. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's it's about taking the number that's there. It's about taking what we need, not what she wants. Mm. And that's, and that's not me or Susie, my wife, you know, or, or her uh, fiance, Daniel, that's none of us intentionally holding her back and saying, damn it, Sam, no, we're not going to let you, we're not going to let the rope out. That's not it at all. Mm -hmm. It's about taking what is necessary. It's about taking the appropriate attempt. And so, you know, we took 177 and a half because again, once again, very high probability that she makes that and also very high probability that she makes it with two and a half, perhaps maybe even a little bit more to spare as she showed and spares her back for the deadlift. And that's a huge, you you brush up on this often as well. Yeah. There's a very high correlation between missed third squats and missed third deadlifts. Mm -hmm. So when you miss your third squat, there's a high probability that your third deadlift is either going to be missed or at least underperformed. Because, you know, most of the time when you miss a third squat, it, it, it takes something out of your back. And Even so, you... we you know, and, and you have to, because that's the first discipline and you're trying to build a total, right? This isn't a squat competition. This is, you know, look, if this were just a squat competition, then we would have set it up to take 180, 180 or 182 and a half or something like that to, mm-hmm. to close the gap between Megan and Jen. But this is not a squat. This is for total. Mm-hmm. Right, and so we weren't after the American record in the squat. We weren't interested in that. We were interested in winning the total, and so that's where our mindset lies. And 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 Sam executed beautifully. And and look, 180 kilos was on the table, but we didn't need to push the envelope that far. But it's nice to see that she hit the 177 and a half very cleanly. Definitely had two and a half more, maybe even five. And that's, hey, look, that's a springboard. That's a momentum builder for Sam and her coach, Austin, when they go back into the lab to use that as a foundation and a jump off point for the next training cycle. And so there's, yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not regretful. We don't regret that at all. And, and, And if you throw on five kilos, she hits it and she hits it, but it's a grinder. When you rev that engine, you can only rev the engine so much. When you go to rev the engine later on, you emptied the tank a little bit. You fried the system a little bit. Like, yeah, she could have hit that, but what happens to deadlift later? When you only rev the RPEs up a certain amount, you could go all day, all night if you stay in that pocket. So Sam was yeah. in that pocket come squats and had plenty left come to deadlifts. When at this point, Sam, were you were you aware of where you were you were at going into the deadlifts, and were you aware, you know, the the type of subtotal you had built, or did you just still keep the blinders on? I wasn't. The only thing I was aware of is that Meg missed her second and third squat. Mm. You know, we're, I, that we're, we're mad at that. You know, we're mad at that. You know, so <laughs> that was the only thing. As far as like numbers, Jen Milliken is still in the game. She's still six for six, right? Oh, yeah. She's still a, a a very big competitor. So, 
So in my head, I'm still where I am forecasted to be, which is in third. Mm-hmm. I still have work to do. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at coming into Dellips. All right. The work starts now, really. This is where the meat begins for me. Yeah. You know, so we could go in limbo from squats to bench, but when I hit that first deadlift, that's where the meat begins for me. And were you feeling when you're walking into the deadlifts and you're piecing together performance like you're piecing together? Did you know, like, oh shit, this is a good day? Or was it still like, I don't know, let me hit the deadlift platform, let me see? My deadlift is always a wild cohort. Yeah. You know, so like I said, I didn't have like an extraordinary training cycle as far as dance. It was very consistent, and consistency goes a long ways. But it wasn't enough to make me overconfident, which is probably a good thing, you know. So I respected each attempt that I had to take, right? So at no no point in time, I'm like, oh, I got this. Let's just put it up. So I, I had to respect, even my opener, I had to respect it, you know. So I think that's a good thing, you know, because you execute with more uh, proficiency instead of just going out there and lift the weight. Um, but when Matt told me, like, after your opener, you'll be in the first place, that blew my mind. <laughs> oh, damn, that's good. That, that literally blew my mind because I don't think I've ever been in that position that after your opener, you'll be in first place. It is a total, complete turnaround from Sweden where your last pull, you were still behind and had to pull for the win. Whereas in this situation, against a murderer's row of lifters, it was, you hit this, you were already in first. Yeah, you're good. I'm like, well, what, like, me and Daniel was like, what, what do you mean we're good after this? Like, what does that mean? You mean like we can't, like, there's nothing we can do to mess this up? Like, what does this mean? Yeah. You know, we asked like a couple of times because I couldn't process like, like, I mean, everyone didn't have a, a shitty meet. Like, they still yeah. did well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. But you just happened to be having a, a historic meet. Did you even realize at the time, like, what does that mean? Because these other girls are doing good. And did you realize, oh, shit, I am, I'm on pace for some, like, some crazy numbers. Did that dawn on you or not yet? No, because, I mean, I was very happy with my squat. Like Matt said, it was a five-kilo squat. Like, I was super happy with that even taking a conservative number the way that it moved i was beyond proud of it mm-hmm. you know uh, obviously bench was a um a two and a half kilo pr but it's a number that i've hit many 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 times you know so just hitting it was like, okay cool check check mark you know let's move on you know and so i didn't have any emotional tie to that and that was the number that was the number that we had projected to hit in sweden right so as as sam had said She's done this in training many, many times. Unfortunately, you know, that was our projected third in Sweden because her butt came off the bench. We had to repeat the opener and then go to her second attempt. Mm. But it was nice to, for her to be able to check this box this time, and she hit it cleanly. I mean, it moved really, really well. It was great. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but as far as like, oh, I'm doing something special, in my head it wasn't special. However, the moral of the story, it was still building the total. Mm-hmm. Regardless of that it was like 15 pounds less than Jen's or 20 pounds less than Meg's, it was still building the total, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't anything quote unquote impressive or anything for me to get excited about. Mm-hmm. Same with the squat, right? It, was, it wasn't anything to brag about, but it was still building that total. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't over yet. And you, mm-hmm. I guess until the last deadlift, you never know where you're gonna end up. So right. you hit your opener and Matt, what's going on now when you were into the deadlift event, first poll, She's in first place. Yep. What are you guys looking at right now? Now is it become because she's such a massive deadlifter? 
Are you guys now thinking we're just gonna start piling on and start ramping this up? And um, you also know, hey, we can have a little redemption on Sweden, break that unofficial world record, but you guys went well above that. Like, what started happening in the deadlift event? Yeah, so uh, just to back up just a second. So at subtotal, you know, Megan was at 302.5, Jennifer was at 297 and a half, and we were, we were coming up in third at, at 285. But we were opening, um, 30 and 35 kilos ahead in the deadlift respectively beyond Megan and, uh, and, and, and Jennifer. So after openers, you know, Sam vaulted into that pole position and was at 490 and we had a uh, 17 and a half kilo lead after the opening deadlift. Yeah, that's crazy. After the openers. And, and knowing that we're going to pull last, again, that's why I think, you know, it came as a little bit of a surprise to, to Sam. She's like, wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize we'd be sitting this good, you know, and so forth. So, so then I think the st strategy came for us is like, look, we've still got two deadlifts left. You know, let's not underestimate our competitors. We respect them. We respect their capabilities, you know, particularly um, in this case, Jennifer, because Jennifer is a good deadlifter in her own right. And she executes extremely well. And so we knew, look, the, the, the fight ain't over. Let's not get overly confident. So we went ahead and just went up 10 kilos from our first to our second deadlift to essentially pad the lead and then put and then put the thing out of reach. Um, you know, so essentially, um, you know, we, we had discussed and we had potentially planned to increase 12 and a half kilos from the first to second attempt. But I told Sam, I said, we don't need that. That's a number that we don't need. I said, let's go ahead and just go up 10. And this is going to pretty much be the nail in the coffin right here. We're going to hit this one. You're going to seal it up. Um, and, and, and we'll see what they're going to put in. And, 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 and that sealed the deal right there. You know, nobody was going to come, come after us at that point. Then it, then it was about, you know, Jennifer and Megan kind of battling it out. And at that point, I think Jennifer was just locking up second. You know, I think Megan was probably resigned to the fact that it wasn't going to happen in terms of second place at that point. And then, so that's a different conversation that we have after our second attempt. Mm -hmm. So then you come into the back and we tell Sam, hey, look, this is the scenario. The, the, you've won, you know. The, you are the national champion. These ladies are not coming after you. You're safe. You have a significant enough lead. Now it's about the icing on the cake, the cherry on top of the sundae. You know, what do you want to do? And that's where you start having the conversation about, you know, if we go up and we take the number that we needed and then we wind up taking uh, 226, then, hey, look, that can be an unofficial um you know, world record in the deadlift. It's, it's clearly going to exceed your American records and it's going to give you an unofficial world record total as well. And so that's, uh, that's what we decided to do. And we took 226 on the third attempt. And as Sam demonstrated, you know, in the first two lifts, you know, she had a little bit more in the tank. And so again, that's, that's nice to know is that she puts together this absolute signature performance, mm -hmm. this nine for nine flawless day and we had actually, and again, this is not to be disrespectful or sound cocky, we had actually projected, you know, there was more in the tank. We had projected that if we had needed a little bit more, we had a little bit more in the, in, in, in the squat and in the deadlift, which is, which is nice to know because, again, that's a momentum builder. For, for sure. This is one of those cases where uh, the previous episode, we're talking about lot numbers. If you guys are both pulling the same, you know, the per, you know lot numbers comes to a factor who pulls – who, pull, who has to pull first? It was Sam. It's like, man, I don't give a fuck about lot numbers when, when deadlifts roll around. You could have whatever lot number advantage you think you have. I'm pulling after you. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I pull for lats. Sure. I pull lats. Yeah. I can't yeah. foresee a time when Sam's like, oh, what's the lot number situation like? She's going to pull lats regardless. Yeah. Um, so when you guys hit 5'11", which is like like more than the 72 kilos, and I mean, if you add it on, if let's say, whatever, you went up with 5'20", you're talking about podiuming at world championships, you know, if you moved up a weight class, like it's, it's so, and you, and you hit 63 kilo without a water cut. So this 100%, yeah, this is a signature performance. Mm-hmm. This is one of those performances where you're like, hot damn. You know, I wish, I wish I had this in Sweden, but here it is. And you, and you're shouting like everybody, you know, when we repost this, I know I got DMs. I don't know what kind of people are reaching out to you, but people are excited did you realize afterwards, like when you realized the number was five eleven, maybe you were expecting to hit something like this, but were you? Did you? Did it sink in? Like, oh my god, nobody in history in sixty three kilo class has ever hit this, and you're starting there in fringe on seventy two kilo territory, like podiuming. Anyways, is all that starting to click in? Where you're like, oh shit, I'm capable. This isn't just wishful thinking. I'm capable. It wasn't the total that I focused in on. It was the execution of the meet. Like, wow, I just hit all of this. And not maximum effort. Yeah. You know, I took, I was proud of that. Yep. You know, like mentally I was great. At no point I had to put on my headphones. You know, like I didn't have to like oh, wow. go off in the corner like I normally do. Like I was chilling with everyone at, you know, in the warm up area. Um, just talking when I needed to talk. But I didn't have to go into this alternate universe to do all of this. You know, I just had to squat bitch and deadlift. That's crazy. You, know. you didn't even amp up with like music or anything like that. Yeah. No. It was just like the first time. Normally I have, you know, normally you have music. Yes. You know. It's huge. No, no headphones, just chilling, you know, just, I was just in a better mind space. You know, I, I took confidence that in the fact that I don't, I don't, there's nothing on our attempt selection sheet that's out of reach. Mm. There's nothing on the sheet that I have to do something that can't, that I have to go above and beyond for. You know, obviously, I didn't expect things to move as well as they did, but I had confidence in the game plan. Hmm. And, if you know, it's interesting because if we if we turn back the clock two years ago to 2017 Raw Nationals in Orlando, where we coached Sam, uh, you know, uh, she, where she also went nine for nine, but she placed uh, second to Jennifer Thompson. Every single third attempt that Sam took at that meet was an absolute limit lift. I mean, if you would have sneezed, she she missed. I mean, absolute (laughs) limit. I mean, we call those numbers on the button, and she executed like an absolute assassin and like a pro. But, I mean, she had nothing left in those attempts. And in this performance, she went nine for nine, and you could tell there was a little bit more left in the tank, which I think is just unbelievably exciting. You know, and I kind of – Go ahead, Ryan. Well, well, it's I, man. I remember afterwards being like, if a freaking little speck of chalk had hit some of those bars, like they were grinders. You guys got everything you could have out of Sam on those days, and yeah. um, so it's kind of like if if pushed, you know, if Sam, we know Sam can grind. We didn't have to see her grind that day, but if pushed, she could. She like some people can't fight for reps. Some people can't fight for attempts. It's either there, or it's not. It's all or nothing. Once they start grinding, you're like, yeah, there's usually the bar is gonna pause and it's gonna come back down. But Sam can, like, grind, pause, start back up, pause, go real slow, and, and then... And I was up. ready for that. Like, yeah. I was I was mentally ready for that, you know? So to not have, like, I'm just proud that I had a performance that that wasn't necessary. Not, you know, I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. I would have taken it. I would have been just as happy, 
right? Mm-hmm. But to know that there's more, um, to know that I don't have to do extraordinary things, rep over 400 pounds on squats, you know, just do things that are like Instagram newsworthy in my eyes, right? Yeah. Now I don't have to be that lifter to be a great lifter, mm-hmm. to be a national champion, right? I don't have to deal with 500 pounds in the gym for reps to be a national champion. Yeah. And hopefully somebody out there will resonate with that because we always look on Instagram and we see all these great lifts and these feats of strength, you know, and people PR in their lifts every week. Yes. And you're like, oh, you know, how do they do that? You know, and I, 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 would, I would love to be that, but that's just not where I'm at, right? And to ups, ups, upset that, accept it, understand where you are and take advantage of your situation, mm-hmm. right? And build from it. It's true. So my, my goal is always just to be better than I was last week, right? It's true what you said. Like, I talk to people and they're like, um, man, I'm looking at like at my the co-host Kathy. He's not here today, but he co-hosts with me, and he's like, oh shit! Like going into worlds, he's looking at like he ended up breaking a world record deadlift himself, and he's looking at certain people who are PRing every week. It's getting heavier and heavier all the time, and he's like, man, I'm not even close to my top end. Like, should we be lifting heavier? I'm like, we are six weeks out. You you know, it, don't worry about what they're doing. Have, have, have you ever had a like, he always PRs on the platform. Just stick to the format that works for you. Maybe that works for them. But some people don't pee on the platform very often. So you've got to keep every, all right. the intangibles. Maybe they're doing what they need to do to tax their nervous system so they have the best possible day. And that works for them. But it is like social media, like comparison is always the thief of joy. And um, it can really mess with your head. And that's where like when you said, I remember mm-hmm. you put out a post one time and you said, my in-gym lists were like on average, I forget the percentage of what you put on the, on the actual meet day, but they were all below. And, and at some point, it's like well below. And you're like, mm-hmm. it's almost like you just ride on faith. Like I'm on point. I'm on my pace. And this is, it may not make me the most popular Instagram because I'm always sub max. But right. <laughs> day of, I walk away with gold medals and world records. So it all works out. It all, like, everyone's training is different. You know, so that's why I'm glad you say that. Yeah, because it's hard to stay in the pocket and also be motivated, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm in the pocket, I'm doing what I need to do, and it's hard to be motivated if you're looking at someone else, right? Because you want that excitement too. Yeah. You know, you want those big lifts, those big PRs, but you have to understand it, it, it just may not be there, mm-hmm. you know, and just chip away, chip away. Because I do like a slow progression. Like, I'm not at top strength until maybe two weeks before, right? Yeah. You know, so... I slowly build into my training cycle. Like, I see people already right now lifting heavy. I know. I, you know, like... Some people turn around and it's like, what the hell? What the hell, man? Yeah, I'm doing, like, dumbbell walking lunges right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... So, and so when the training cycle starts, I'm behind the curve. Yeah. You know, so I could go on Instagram like, dang, man, like, this person is so far ahead of me right now. Like, it'll be points in time that my clients... Or like so far ahead of me right now and those things could get it could get in your head if you let it be yeah you know and so that's that's what like i i try to limit my feed to positive things so if it's not going to give me like positive joy you know positive feedback i delete it mm-hmm. you know and, and so that's why i'm the way i'm on social media just to give so to, for me to stay in the pocket because i know what would happen if mm-hmm. i get in the habit of posting i'm going to want things to post yeah. And I'm going to post things I'm proud of, right? And 
the end. You yeah. you paused for a second there. What did you what did you say in that last part? Yeah, right after you said, if I start posting on social media, like because because it froze on us for a second there. If I post things on social media, I'm gonna want things to post, and you're gonna get positive feedback. And then you said something else, and it froze. So if I if I get in the habit of posting, I'm gonna I'm gonna want to continue to post. Yeah. And I'm and then I'm going and I'm gonna dictate my training to be able to have something to post. Yeah. Like my training is RPE, so I could make it whatever I wanted to make it. Yeah. In theory, right. Yeah. So it's that true. was you, my perception of the numbers I'm lifting because I'm gonna want to have something to post. It, and I've been there, I've done that, it doesn't end well. Yeah. It, it, you know it's what also, I mean? once you start that ride too, I mean, I've been, I think we've all been there to an extent too, where you're like, oh, last week, week before, I was posting in the 500 range or whatever the nice round number is for whoever. And, um, well, this week I can't go lower. Everybody's gonna see that my number dropped a little this week. And then you're like, well, then I just won't post. But then people will be like, but you post every week. Why didn't you post your squat this week? And then you're, then you got everybody like on that tip. So you're like, you start climbing into your own head. All of a yeah. sudden you're backed up in the corner where you're, and then when people are like, oh, wow, they're drooling all over your squat dead or whatever it is. Yeah. You start chasing bigger and bigger numbers. You start forcing issues. Mm-hmm. Or if it's not there and you don't do it, people start asking questions and talking. Now it's in your head. You're like, damn, this is starting to get social media starting to run my programming, especially with right. RPE, like you said. When it's RPE, you can almost convince yourself. I've had people, funny you said clients, I've had clients show video and they're like, RPE 8. I'm like, 8? Okay. All right. That's, <laughs> that's ambitious. That's ambitious. <laughs> like, 8. And then um, it's funny when you said, if some of your clients came to you any given point of the year and they're like, take a look at this squat and they're squatting more than you. And you're like, how are you doing? You're like, well, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ask me what I do, okay? Just, just, I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. But they're probably like, oh shit, I'm going to hit a same Calhoun. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I, I understand the process, but still in those moments, it's like, are you sandbagging? Are you not giving it y'all? You know, like, yeah. are you not trying? Yeah. You know, or, or is this where you are in your training? Yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's hard. I want to add something also just to kind of lend credence to, to, to Sam's argument here and kind of what she, the message I think she's trying to convey. You know, it's very cliche to say, but it's true, you know, that, that powerlifting, you know, is, is, is a marathon, you know, it's, it's not a sprint. And so, you know, she just totaled 511 kilos. And so let that sink in for a second. It was more than the 72s and it's more than any other 63 has ever done in the history of, of drug tested, you know, USAPL IPF competition. And so with a little bit more left in the tank, but Sam realistically can't total 511 kilos, 365 days a year, but guess what? That's not what's required. You know, she doesn't need that. She doesn't need to dig into those reserves of strength every single day of the year. She needs to be primed and ready typically twice a year for nationals And if she goes to Worlds, Worlds, and perhaps maybe one other day if she decides to do the Arnold or maybe if she eventually gets, uh, you know, invited to the Sheffield event in future years or something like that. But she so she has to be at that level at her at her prime performance, you know, two, maybe three times out of the year. And so she can rest assured that she's going to be there based upon her highest levels of execution, which she always does. And so, you know, I shared in the last podcast and I wanted to brag on Sam a little bit as well. Um, 
Susie and I have been working with Sam in terms of game day stuff since since the Arnold in 2017. And so we've worked together for eight competitions. And Sam has made 67 out of 72 lifts. Damn, man, that's the same as Bryce the hit. It's it's yeah, it's unbelievable. So that's an average of 8.4 out of nine or 93% success rate. So she's only and out of that, again, out of, out of those 67 made lifts, only five misses. OK, she's only missed one squat. And that came at a 2018 Raw Worlds in Calgary. And that was a depth call. And, and still to this day, I feel like that was a good lift. Uh, but, you know, hey, the, the judges are sitting in the in the best positions and, and they thought otherwise. And those are the only three people in the room that you need to please. And so and she's only missed one bench press. And again, that was for the butt coming off the bench um, in, uh, in in Sweden. And then the other misses are third deadlifts. And and like I said, you know, occasionally you're going to expect that. And yeah. so but, but Sam, Sam continues time and time again to execute at the absolute highest level. And so you don't get to be where you are, you know, by going five for nine, six for nine, seven for nine. Um, she just executes consistently over time and it's just unbelievable. So, I mean, we're just blessed and happy to be in her corner. Cause like I said, you know, she just, she makes us look good. Um, you, you dropped in there and this is a perfect segue. I never, never miss an opportunity. And it feels like with the two back-to-back -back episodes, you set me up for some of these segues, Matt. I think we're starting to vibe on this. But let's look ahead a hot minute here because the future's looking bright with powerlifting in general. Things are shifting. There's money being involved. Um, so 5'11", we've never seen that before in the 63 kilo class. European championships around the corner. Um, Carla Gara, am I pronouncing that wrong? Is anybody? It's, it's, it's Corolla Gara. Corolla Gara. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to add something to what you're going to say. So go on. I want to hear what you have to say. And then I want to chip in with something. All right. You're going to chip it. <laughs> okay. Got you. Um, so, so, uh, always, always a strategist. Always a handler in this guy. But um, always getting ahead with the chips. So European Championships is rolling around. Um, Sam really set the bar high. Pun intended. But 5'11". All eyes on the European Championships. Now, you can see this is an international competition. So you conceivably... Uh, Corolla might be like, look it, I gotta look to win and load the bar to win. Um, so who knows if she's gonna try to take, you know, anything more than five eleven, or if she might be like, you know what, I think I'm just gonna try to win that day. Depends. We'll pro we'll do a preview show leading up to, and we'll take a look at what she's facing. But it'll be interesting to see. First off, would she post up the European Championships? Interesting to see how Sheffield plays out, because that's the first year. How the Wilkes points are gonna play out? Um, we can conceivably see there's gonna be money given out to world records and Sam's not unaccustomed to breaking some world records so there's money available for world record breaks but Belarus now am I moving ahead of what you want to chip match we pause oh no you're, you're you fine your I, I was you just going to mention and this is this is not to and, I, and I'm sure that Sam is aware of this and I'm sure that other people are aware of this as well just speaking if we're going to mention Corolla Gara uh two things she's competing in a couple of weeks in Dubai at open oh, uh, worlds, yeah, she is. She's competing in the in the equipped uh, sixty three division, and so she'll be she'll be locking horns with Larissa Soloviova, who, for my money, is the greatest female um, equipped powerlifter of all time. Probably she and Wailing Chen, but so she's going to have her hands full with Larissa because Larissa is no joke. Uh, but 
that being said, Corolla uh, competes, you know, she's dual athlete. She competes equipped and raw. And she just recently hit a 512 and a half kilo total. However, Peter, and, and I pointed that out to Peter Spence at Raw Nationals, and he was quick to tell me that she did not cut and did not make weight. So she, that, uh, uh, she, she did that in the 72 kilo class. Mm. Uh, so if you go into her Instagram, that performance is there. She did it at a local meet in Italy, 512 and a half but she did not cut weight. So she was not 63 kilos. Mm. I don't know what her body weight was. I'd have to comb through to try to find those results. Mm. But, um, but anyhow, it, it, it does make for, you know, uh, for exciting, you know, uh, perhaps future clashes, you know, d depending upon what Sam decides to do. Um, you know, it, it, it makes for interesting theater, if you will. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous what these girls are doing in 63 kilo class right now. This is nuts. To think that these are numbers, these are 72 kilo numbers. Like, like legitimately, she was 72 kilo, but full on 72 kilo top of the food chain numbers we're talking. Um, so, what do we think it's in? The World Championships rolls around the Belarus. Are we thinking, is this, are you going to the World Championships? Is that the plan? What's the plan for 2020 for you, knowing that the SPD Invitational also recruits from the World Championships? Yes, so the SBD Invitational, so when that whole thing came about and then I seen their criteria, that put a chip on my shoulder. Uh-oh. That, that is what made me hungry, honestly. If, if anything within the training cycle made me hungry and put a chip on my shoulder, it wasn't losing worlds. It was seeing that and losing worlds, yeah, right? Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like, okay, wow, you like, not only did you lose worlds, but now you lost this opportunity because of that. Yeah. You know, we can't let that happen again. So that that put a chip on my shoulder. Uh, so the original plan wasn't to do Belarus. The whole goal, I mean, was to kind of skip this year, uh, have a wedding, take the summer off, and just ride through it. That was the plan, right? However, I messed up that plan when I got second, Yeah. you know. So I still need to get a world championship. Yes, you know, do. so chances are I will be in Belarus because I still have a title to get that I haven't received yet. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to be not invited to the party, right? Because I deserve to be at that party. Mm -hmm. So the only way I can get to that party is to win us the world championship. That's right. If you could tell your husband, look, this this might help out with some bills now. That wedding, so he, wedding, he's down. He's down. He's ready. Weddings so, are cheap. You know, weddings are cheap. Let's They're not cheap. <laughs> so it is in um in actually it was Jennifer Milliken who made a post stating um because she didn't lift in Sweden and she made a post like like real life things got in the way and she wasn't gonna be able to but watching everybody compete in Sweden and watching like she remembered because she's been there and done that and she's like you can't take things for granted like somebody people come out of nowhere and it's like who the hell is this guy who the hell is that girl. She's a phenom, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't know if I'll make a national team for whoever, who knows? Like, you can't think things for granted. So right. when you make a national team, it's an opportunity to win that world title. And sometimes it's easy to be like, all right, the way I'm pacing, you know, I'm going to have several kicks at the can, so I can afford to miss next year's. But realistically, we see it, and never more in any other sport than powerlifting, people come out of nowhere and say, like, who the hell is this girl? Like, look at, look at Corolla Gara. I didn't yeah. know, it's like, you know, uh, yeah, it's scary how people come up. So that's when, and then obviously that world rolls by. You watch from home on the stream. You're like, I could have totaled that. This was the year. 
And that's the mm-hmm. year he didn't go. So it's one of those, I mean, it's tough. It's, it's, it's really tough sometimes when you, these opportunities in the windows. And like Matt says, it's one day of the year. And then you wait another year. Right. And then to get there. It's a long year. It is a long year. It's a long year. And then to get there, oh, you got to go battle all over again in the USA Pale 63 kilo class. And then who knows what these girls are bringing and who shows up at that competition. So what were you going to say, and- Matt? I was just going to say, and Sam is very fortunate. Some of these lifters are, are extremely fortunate, you know, particularly like because just today we've been talking about the 63s and the 105s, and this is no disrespect to any of the other countries, but like you, like you always say, you know, Sam literally and figuratively has to go through a murderer's row. I mean, look, the facts are the facts. Megan and, <clears throat> and Jennifer, you know, Jennifer's won Worlds uh, twice before. And, 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 and Megan came in second in Sweden. So these are world-class athletes, world-class lifters. And so it, it prepares Sam well, mm-hmm. perhaps, perhaps better than other, you know, competitors in the 63s who maybe come from another country where they just literally just kind of coast through. You know what I mean? And, and so she's battle-tested, and she's been through the rigors of competition. And same thing with the 105s and 93s and some of these other weight classes where in the United States, you know, our, our raw nationals are, are literally like a world championships and sometimes even tougher so that when she gets there, she's not going to crack under pressure. You know, she's going to rise to the occasion because she's used to being in that fire. I'm yeah. not, look, I'm not even American and I'm doing U.S. raw national preview shows. <laughs> you know? I can see with podcasts, you can see where the downloads are coming from. And these downloads are coming from all over the world. When we did that preview show. There's people yeah. all over like Asia, Europe, downloading the podcast and listening. And I can see where it's just kind of cool. So, yeah, man, it's like the U.S. Raw Nationals, the pre- it's a pressure cooker. It's, it's the equivalent of like a European championship um, where it's international yeah. like level in terms of world championships and people, people care. Yeah, actually, it's pro- probably be bigger if I'm honest. It's probably mm-hmm. bigger in terms of viewership and whatnot. We'll see because we'll do the preview show and see how many people download it from where. But, um, but, but yeah. To, to piggyback on what you guys are saying, I think for myself that was also the 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 the, uh, the downfall. It's understanding. Okay, I, I made it through raw nationals. Mm-hmm. I be, I I I conquered the people I need to conquer. The work has been done, mm-hmm. right? And I'm saying that now. Obviously, I didn't think that, but that's kind of like that's kind of the feeling, the vibe, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Jane Thompson's not going to be at Worlds. She's the biggest competitor. You know, I just need to show up and do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So you kind of you kind of take the competition for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I would say losing is probably the best thing that could happen to me. Like losing against someone as other than Jen, Jen Thompson. Yeah. Right? Because she's been that focal point for me for ever since I started the sport. She's been that person. So to take her out of, that, out of the equation and still have other competitors to respect, is the best thing that could happen to me. So I, I'm glad I lost because this is gonna make this third go round even more special for me, mm-hmm. right? And it, um, it's true. Like when I'm watching U.S. Raw Nationals, um, so they have like like commentators sometimes getting a little ahead of themselves and saying, um, and I mean, look at the American, and everybody's proud to be American, but he's like, you know, listen. This is world level quality. Off, you know, you win the U.S. Raw Nationals. You're a big favorite to win worlds. You know what? This is oftentimes harder than even the World Championships. These gentlemen, and I forget what weight class it was, are probably going to. And the reigning world champion wasn't from U.S. in that particular weight class. It's like, man, you gotta be careful. The world is a big place. 
Like the world yep. was a really big place. Yeah. And um, in powerlifting, there's like reminders and stuff like that. Like uh, 63 kilo, the bronze medalist Liela Bavois from France breaking a world record in squat. Like there's people coming up from France, Italy, like yeah. the world's a massive place, man. It's 57 kilo, our girl Maria T. You know, so it's it's a big place. That's why I think I mean, I, and I'm guilty of it too. Look, like I'm North American, man. We're right there. We I look. I obviously know what's going on in Canada, and then there's the U.S. And previously, I don't think I drew enough attention to like European Championships, Asian Championships. This year is going to be different. Like the World Championships taught me a lesson too. Like I need to open up the scope a little bit mm-hmm. and start reposting some of these people a whole heck of a lot more, not just for myself but for everybody because. A, like, yeah, for, like, scouting for everyone else, you guys would be like, oh, okay, now we know what's going on. But even, like, those lifters are probably feeling a little slighted. you got world-class lifters from around the world, and they're like, look, I know, I, I get it, I'm not American, but why? I deserve the shine. Like, I'm more, yeah. you know, um, and that's, like, all different weight classes, all different men's and women's division. There's a lot of people who are like, hey, what, we're not getting, you know, actually, Leah's coach, when we were in, in Sweden, uh, he met me, he's like, oh, like, he was, like, very positive about the podcast. But he's like, but I gotta tell you, man, not a lot of European coverage. Not <laughs> a lot of European coverage. He's like, in the reposts, not a heck of a lot of Europeans, nor in the preview show. I didn't hear a lot of names getting dropped in the mix. He's like, I think you're gonna be shocked. And um, I was like, fair enough. So I think maybe rolling into some of these European championships, mm-hmm. having previews or recap shows and a little more exposure. When someone wins, like Sam, when you won and we make the old Sam Calhoun wins the 63 kilo class and post it and people are reposting it and stuff. So not only are people aware of your accomplishments, but you get the exposure you deserve and the shine. Right. There's some of these people who are world class start feeling like, look, there's a party and I don't think we're invited to it. Right. They get a little shine as well. And they get that little, okay, thank you. You know, I don't speak the greatest English, and I'm sorry I was born in this side of the world, but I hustle, I hustle hard, I got a good story, mm-hmm. too. So, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll put in a little more, but now I don't think too many people are going to slip by us. Yeah. And we're on a different beast, too, because, like, a two-hour flight is a lot different mm-hmm. than an eight, ten-hour flight. You better believe it. Please believe it. You know what I mean? Please believe it. So, it's that, time zone. you know, in the comparison of numbers, that plays a role. Yeah. You know, that's a variable. Mm-hmm. You know, train same training cycle, but different results, right? These are variables you gotta take into account. That's why I think nobody's mastered the acclimatization and everything like Brett Gibbs. I know Matt always says that. He's like Brett Gibbs probably is a master at acclimatizing because this dude is like I was I was booking him for the podcast like uh whenever that last time we had him on. And I'm like, so yeah. how about how about Sunday? And he's like, Your Sunday or my Sunday? I was like, what a fucking Sunday? What are you talking? I didn't even realize, like, oh, you're like a, a, a day ahead. He's like, a day ahead. He's a, he's a time traveler. He can tell me what yeah. happened. Who won the game? Yeah, he's, he, he, he always has the furthest to travel. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and to Sam's point, you know, Worlds is a completely different animal, particularly when it's across these time zones. You know, whereas Vicky fought it when he came to Calgary, and now we're going to have to fight it when we go back to Belarus. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, and that's why they call it competition, and that's part of it. And so it's just, you know, you try to put together the best package you can on game day in terms of attempt selection, in terms of execution, but it's also those who make weight the best, you know, who are on time, who, uh, you know, submit their forms on time and do all these other things, who rest, who sleep, the nutrition, all of it plays a role. Mm-hmm. And um, But I think it makes it more exciting. So mm-hmm. it's, you know? more, it's more even if it rotates anyways. 
So yeah, for sure. Always in, if it was always in like U.S. or always in Europe, yeah, somebody would always have home cooking advantage all the time. Mm-hmm. That's right. And in Belarus, man, you got to jump through some hoops getting visas, and like you go to like stores, everything's in Russian or Belarusian, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm. I remember I tried to buy a. I remember I, I was cutting late, and I needed electrolytes, and I, yeah. I, I, I swear to God, I thought I read electrolytes on the freaking thing. So I'm like, um, do you speak English? You no, no, no. And I got some like. Do you speak English? Because I'm gonna, I was I was just like fuck it. I'm gonna buy because I'm 99 sure this is electrolytes. And the guy told me I was buying something to clean your pool. You gonna die? I almost committed suicide in Belarus. That's a fun fact for you. It almost happened. So it's um, that would, and that's like an embarrassing ending. That's like a oh my god, a cautionary tale. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's like little things when you're completely out of your element. You walk into a grocery store and like. I got a list of things I need for meat day on my usual meat prep, or I got to get to a sauna or whatever the heck. And you're like, there's barriers that you don't even see coming. And you were out of your element. You're uncomfortable. Just getting in there, the visas and everything. Like, it was crazy, man. But yeah. um, such is competition. But when you're there, it's like, holy moly. I would never be here if it wasn't for competition. What am I doing here? I'm in the big <laughs> Belarus. This is not my number one vacation spot. Believe right. it or not. In yeah. June. <laughs> But uh, it is what it is. So listen, thank you for coming on. We are flowing at 90 minutes. Me and Matt Gary did a back-to-back work day. Thank you, Matt. Much appreciated. And, thank you for uh, having me. Thank you, Sam, for coming on. Uh, thank you. And that was a historical performance. When is the next time we're going to see you compete? Do that. It'll be at the Arnold's. It'll be at the Arnold's. Yep. Oh, wow. So we're doing it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and for anybody who wants to get a hold of you for coaching... How do they do so? Samstrong500.com. There it is. Anybody yeah. you, you want to thank or sponsors or anything before we let you go? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, my sponsor, SBD, and also Lift Nutrition. They're, they're always great, supporting me throughout the entire year. Uh, my gym, the Iron Asylum. Um, we now have two locations, and it's great to kind of bounce back and forth in different environments. All the staff there is wonderful. You know, you I train alone, but it's also it's also – Great to have people around me, lift off, spots, motivation. So I don't take those people for granted because they're a part of this process as well. Um, Daniel, he's awesome, you know. So ha- always having, you know, a uh, road buddy with me. <laughs> uh, I-, I couldn't imagine these meets without that. So. And, and Matt, um, for for anyone who wants to get a hold of you in terms of coaching, um, all around game day coaching, programming the whole nine, how do they get a hold of you? SupremeSportsPT.com. That's the fastest way. All of my information and all my socials and everything are linked on on our website. SupremeSportsPT.com. There it is. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. See you. Bye. And there you have it. Yeah, I mean, look at 5'11 as a 63 kilo is, it's, it's monstrous. It's huge. It's, it's not just breaking the world record. It's taking the world record and carrying it. And the rest of the 63 kilo ladies, they did a phenomenal job at the U.S. Raw Nationals. But when you're facing a, a, a total like 5'11", we haven't seen a 63 kilo lifter who could compete with that. And um, and end of the day, that's that's exactly what happened. Sam won it, and uh, she ran away with it. But um, still, the lady from, from uh, Italy, the current world champion, in the 72 kilo class, but posting up, 512.5, so we do have battles to come. You know, uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Now, there's a lot of time from then. 
Um, Gary's going to compete. Sam's going to compete. So we'll have even more data. And then, uh, obviously, a rematch in Belarus. Uh, I know I'm going to be in for it, but uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Until next time, six-pack lap of that. Peace.